Paul and Silas move on to Thessalonica. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good Friday morning, my friends. We've made it uh, to the end of another week. And I think we can all um, just take a deep breath, calm our spirits in the presence of the Lord, and give Him thanks for another week of life. Lord, we celebrate You, and we celebrate the life that You've given us. And Father, um, before we get into Your Word today, as we're studying Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through uh, 9, Lord, we just give You thanks. You're faithful. You're good, you're loving, you're the great physician. Father, you're the healer of all our ailments, all our wounds, all the brokenness around us, oh God, you're the healer, you're our comforter, you're our master, you're our savior. And Lord, we come before you today and we acknowledge all that you are and we um, acknowledge all that we are not (laughs) and we ask that you would have your way. In this moment, speak to our hearts in deep and lasting ways, we pray. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. All right, this is Acts 17, 1 through 9. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, uh, they came to Thessalonica. These New Testament cities are hard to pronounce sometimes. (laughs) Where there was a synagogue of Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people in the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So Paul and Silas go on their way in their missionary journeys, and now they arrive in the Roman province, the the Greek Roman province of Thessalonica. Uh, And as was their custom, they found the local um, uh, synagogue, and they went in and they began teaching and discussing matters of faith with those who were there. And um, they began to explain, verse 3 tells us, and prove, uh, so they were in, uh, performing the function of a defense of the faith. They were um, defending the Christian faith, proving its necessity, uh, why Jesus would have to suffer and rise from the dead. 
And uh, Paul proclaims that Jesus uh, is the Christ, the anointed one of God, the Messiah. Uh, Luke tells us that some that were in the discussion and also listening were persuaded um, and joined Paul and Silas. In other words, they came to see things their way, as did a great many of the devout Greeks. So some of the other uh, devoted uh, Greek uh, religious people intellects, I would assume, and a, gr- a great many, and not a few of the leading women. Now, that is a powerful statement, and not a few of the leading women. So there were a lot of local, uh, powerful, well-known women uh, present for this discussion, and they too came to see uh, the validity of what Paul and Silas were teaching um, that's a powerful statement. Women are often not elevated. Our understanding of women is somewhat limited through the lens of the cultural context of the Bible, both New and Old Testament. But here we see that uh, a large contingent of local leading women, um, perhaps business leaders, perhaps um, well-known, devout followers of God who were outspoken were in attendance and came to see the validity of what Paul was teaching. That's a powerful thing. But the Jews were jealous. <laughs> uh, they were stuck in their ways. They were digging in their heels. And instead of uh, just agreeing to disagree, they stir up trouble. And so they get some rebel rousers. They form a mob. And they stir the city up. They go into the house of Jason, evidently the uh, a, well, a place uh, well-known to them, uh, and known to them particularly now because Jason evidently was a believing person or at least sympathetic to the Christian faith and welcomed Paul and Silas to stay with him. Um, so they go and drag Jason and uh, uh, some of the others in there out, um, some of the brothers, the Christian brothers, out to the crowd before the city authorities. And they say, these men, Paul and Silas, who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. So that says that their reputation went ahead of them. Word was spreading about them. And um, I love how they describe them. These men who have turned the world upside down. (laughs) I think we live in a time when the gospel is ripe once again to turn the world we live in upside down. (laughs) I think the world is, is ripe with fresh ears for a fresh rendering of these old truths and, and the, the good old news of the gospel. <laughs> the good old news of the gospel, once again. Uh, I believe that every new generation of believers is in a position to um, communicate to the cultural context of the day the gospel in ways that speak powerfully to the needs of people. And it's, it's a ripe season once again, my friends, for the gospel. Uh, Jason, we're told, received Paul and Silas. He was sympathetic to them. He welcomed them. And they're acting against the decrees of Caesar and saying there's another King Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Would the world's elites acknowledge that reality? There is another king. <laughs> there is only one true king. Um, But there is another king that so many of us give our first and primary loyalty to, and that is King Jesus. Darn right there's another king. 
and you better pay attention. <laughs> That's a powerful statement. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. Oh my goodness, who would have the guts to go against Caesar? People who do that wind up dead. That was quite true. Um, and so to declare that there was another king, someone else you might give your first and best loyalty to, that was a threat. That was a threat to the way things were. And Rome would not stand for that, ultimately. The city authorities were disturbed. The people were disturbed. And when they had taken money, they bribed Jason for security. Uh, and the rest of the brothers, they let them go. <laughs> so we accost you, then we bribe you, and then we let you go. Uh, you got to love Roman justice. Well, this powerfully sets the stage for where chapter 17 is going. Uh, the entire chapter is broken down into these snippets of really powerful encounters. Um, my favorite is coming up in chapter 17, 16 through 21, where Paul is in Athens and has his encounters with the elite teachers there. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time out of your day to study with me. I pray that these words would continue to resonate in your hearts as you consider them. And may you have a great weekend. We'll see you back on Monday, Lord willing. God bless.